Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I feel invisible. They like poppy, what you get to? I pop a brick or retarded. Wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said I feel invisible. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. And for this episode, I got, I got some guests. Actually, these next two episodes, I have some guests. But this episode, I have, I have some guests. I have my man, Mitch. Uh, Mitch... We go back all the way from college, man. He's a good friend of mine. He's also the owner of Black Heaven Hats. I have the link in the description down low. I brought him on, and I brought my man Mike. For people that have you know been with the podcast regularly, you know my man Mike Curry. He is the host of the the Curry and the Pop podcast. Again, I will link both Mitch's description or Mitch's stuff and and Mike's stuff in the podcast. I'll link that all in the description. I wanted to I wanted to come on. And talk about the future. <laughs> talk about the future of the NBA. Talk about certain stars. Who would you pick in the next five years? I had matchups, and I wanted them to come on and, and speak about it. And of course, our conversation went multiple different places, but uh, it was definitely good having them on. Again, my man Mitch, my man Mike, both of them are incredible guys, and both of them know a lot about basketball and 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 weirdly are what lakers fans well not weirdly but our lakers fans uh so oh and we talk about the lakers as well but um yeah uh here's the conversation that between me my man's mitch and my man's mike enjoy so one thing that can't be denied now is that the league is is the future of the league is bright we have a lot of young stars a lot of young people that or a lot of a lot of people that once you know the older stars, the LeBrons, the KDs, the Currys, once they go uh, and retire, that it's going to be in good hands. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to kind of do a who would you take within five years, you know? Uh, and the first person that, or the first I guess two to choose from is Jason Tatum and and Devin Booker. Now, at first, for I'll just speak for me. At first, this was a no-brainer, Devin Booker. Like, it's Devin Booker. You know, it's Devin Booker. But then I'm like, wait a second. We got to think about both sides of the ball here. And while I've been hella critical about Jason Tatum uh, throughout the years, or a few years that he's been here, about his defense, he has played a lot better defense these last two years. So... Um, I would say that I'm picking Devin Booker over, I mean, no, I'm picking Jason Tatum over Devin Booker. Uh, what say you, Mike? Uh, me? Yeah, I was, when I, when I first saw it, I wasn't like saying, I didn't think like it was a no brainer for either one, but I mean, I'm partially biased, but I still think like I would still go Jason Tatum. Um, like, we, when we look at Devin Booker's career, and I, I know we're talking about the future, but, I mean, what did he really do and what did he really accomplish before Chris Paul? I mean, I know he had a 70-point game, a couple of all-star appearances or whatever, but what did he, you know, 
as far as postseason aspirations, he didn't really achieve anything. You look at Jason Tatum, he's been in the postseason pretty much since he's been in the league, and he's been improving ever since. And like I said, it is a partial bias. I mean, I'm a Duke fan, big go to Duke, but I always thought, you know, when he came into the league, like before he came into the league, he would be a star. And, you know, we're seeing that. And he's, like I said, he's elevated his game each and every year. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say Jason Tatum. What about you, Mitch? Man, so, like, these are one of the ones where I was really – I was like, man, this is this is tough. So, at first I was thinking, like, y'all, like, Tatum, he has the whole package, right? Like, he has – he's and he got so much bigger since his rookie year. But like he's, like – when he first came in the league, he was, like, like 200 flat. Now he's, like, 230. Like, mm. Tatum's a beast. But I'm going to say this. So, I'm going to take Book. The reason why I'm going to take Book is because look who he's playing with, Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul has that dog. Like, he's just, like – so, I feel like Book is going to – and he's a he's a big – he's a Kobe guy. I know Taylor's a Kobe guy, too, but Book is a Kobe guy. So, like, all that DNA and pedigree, like, that's going to – I feel like – and he's a better passer. Like, yeah, Tatum's, Tatum's not a good passer. So, Book, that that's going to transit – that's going to translate, like, over his career. So, that's why I got to take Book. Do you think that now? Of course, we don't know uh, now, but in hindsight, or look, looking looking back or looking forward, do you think that Jason Tatum playing alongside someone like Jalen Brown that kind of has the same skill set as him, as far as the score first mentality? Do you think that that could hurt him in the long run, as far as his? I'm not gonna say development because as we clearly see, he's developed, but Taking that next step, not saying that Boston can't win because, I mean, they're incredible defensively right now, but do you think that in his for his evolution of growth, not playing alongside maybe a, a Chris Paul or the past first point, do you think that that is going to, I guess, kind of hinder Jason Tatum moving forward? Uh, I guess, Mitch? Man, I think, okay. I think it does, man. I think when I see Boston, and they've been playing, like, really good over the past couple of weeks. Like, they were, like, a completely different team. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, sometimes they get in these modes where it's, like, it's just your turn, my turn, basketball. It's, like, like, they're both good, but it's just, like, for the team, it just doesn't work. But, like, for Book, I feel like – I feel like Book can play – Book was playing point before Chris Paul got there. So, like – that's why I gotta say book, man. But yeah, I think it does. I think that will hurt, you know, Tatum and Jalen Brown too. I think Jalen Brown, I think they gotta trade Jalen Brown eventually. You know, I, I was I was on that boat too. And I wanna I wanna hear your opinion, uh, Mike. I was on that train too, as they should trade. I know I get the success that they're having now. The success that they're having with Jason Tatum and, and Devin Booker playing, of course, they're like what 12 and one the last 13 games, but it's like to me, there's a cap there. There's a ceiling. And having someone like Chris Paul alongside Devin Booker, that just that that completely elevates that ceiling. While we have, you know, we have history of what Devin Booker was or is without Chris Paul, we don't have we kind of have a, a history of what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is without each other, because of course with mm -hmm. the injuries and everything. And Jalen Jason Tatum plays completely different without Jalen Brown. He does. So I'll ask you, Mike, do you think that seeing as how successful they are, at least right now, are you on the side that they should um 
they should split them up to to maximize at least one of their uh, potentials, I guess you can say. All right. So first, I wanted to answer the original question where you were talking about is playing with Jalen Brown like going to hinder his development. Mm -hmm. So we've seen Jason Tatum de develop, but he's been playing on a team with too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, there was Kyrie and Gordon Hayward at That's one true. point, Terry Rozier too, uh, trying to blossom. They, then they had Kimber Walker, um, which leads me to talk about now. I don't think you necessarily need to split them up. I've been to, like, we talked about this multiple times. They they need a facilitating point guard, somebody that doesn't need to score. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that can set them up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think they're both super talented, but the fact that there isn't a true floor general, like we know Marcus Smart's not a point guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we know that like they don't they never had a they never played with a true point guard so I think I think that's the issue more than anything they never really played with a floor general somebody that's not looking to score not looking to shoot somebody that doesn't mind getting you involved and I, I've always thought that was the problem and that's why they haven't necessarily taken the next step so I've always thought that was the issue okay and and of course we're, we're going to move on to the next uh next matchup but Lastly, I do want to hear you guys' opinion. Do you think that we're going to, um, at least for these two, Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, do you think that we're going to, how do I put this into words? The people that they play with, is that going to ultimately affect their legacy moving forward? Because you just talked about Mitch. You talked about we saw Devin Booker before Chris Paul. And Mike, you just talked about Jason Tatum has played with multiple different cooks in the kitchen. Do you think that ultimately, because you know basketball is a team sport, but you can you still have those those killers. Do you think that Jason Tatum and, and Devin Booker's legacy ultimately kind of hinges on who they play with? I would say, I would say so, because let's say like let's say Boston never addresses this issue like of getting a floor, of getting a floor general to play with these guys or like, cause I mean, I'm pretty sure we all think the same thing. The Celtics have this ceiling, like, yeah, they're doing nice right now, but there's a ceiling on the Celtics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No matter how wide open the NBA is right now, as far as who can win the championship this year, they have a ceiling, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's tough to say right now, because you know we're finally seeing you know Chris Paul and Devin Booker play together. You know they got a they got a they got a taste of the NBA Finals, and I think when Chris Paul is healthy again, they have the opportunity to possibly go back. So mm -hmm. it definitely it's a tough it's definitely a tough question to say. But I but right now you know I would say yeah they, they'll be judged on you know that's what their legacy would be on. You, you know, know something I didn't think about like and while we talking about this is like the East. The East is so much better in the West. And you look at Gian Giannis isn't going anywhere. Like and mm -hmm. if he stays healthy, he's not going anywhere. Um, like there's so many good teams in the East where I don't think Tatum's gonna get as close as he he's has in the past. Right. But I agree with book, that. But for Book, Book has the coach, mm -hmm. he has the system, he has Chris Paul has at least another couple years, like so I think that's just, and the, the West is gonna be a little weaker, man. Especially LeBron. I don't know what the Lakers are doing. So yeah, like or Kawhi or whoever. But I think the, the West is gonna be a lot easier to get to. I agree with that. Gotcha. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I agree. Let's move to the next jump now. On paper, I I I threw this by somebody and they looked at me dumbfounded, but I think that they're looking at this next matchup as the current eyes. 
The next matchup I have is John Moran or Trey Trey Young. Now, ain't no way I there's no one that can deny that John Moran's going crazy right now. Had a 50 52 point game the other day. Um bounced out the gym. But Trey Young last year was going crazy too. Um, I do think that you know there's been I don't know what the hell's going on with Atlanta, but there, there's just a lot of a lot of maybe a lot of cooks in the kitchen, like you said, Mike. But I want to hear from you, uh, Mike, first. Who would you choose over in the next five years, of course, over John Morant or Trey Young? Yeah, this is a tough one. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, like you were saying. I'm pretty sure like you were gonna get to you're gonna allude to recency bias. That's pretty much what you said. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to do recency bias, but like I looked at the list and a, a theme that I'm going to talk about is leadership. Mm. I think John Moran is a better leader than Trey Young. I don't think he's necessarily like, obviously, you know, Trey Young has better intangibles. Like he's a better shooter. He's a better passer. But when I'm looking at, when you look at the Grizzlies, you're like, like, like John Moran's their leader. You know what I'm saying? And I think Trey Young, he's more of like a, a passive guy. You know what I'm saying? And I know Trey Young was going crazy last year, but it's because he light skinned. That's why, man. It's because he light skinned. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so that. But remember last year, I know the Hawks, you know, they they, you know, they made the playoffs and they had a good run. But look at last year before they fired their coach Lloyd Pierce, what were they doing? They were terrible. They were absolutely awful. You know what I'm saying? And I look at Memphis and I just look at like when you look at their roster, you're not their roster is not amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like. They, they got some nice, they got some solid players, you know, Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain's been cool this year. Mm-hmm. But, like, I really think a lot is the leadership of John Moran. Now, it's tough to say. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose him. I know I didn't say I'm going to pick him, but I'm going to choose him, you know, but I'm choosing him because I think he'll develop his shot. I think mm-hmm. I think he'll develop a shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know, obviously, mm-hmm. Trey Young's a way better shooter. John Moran probably never get as good as a shooter as Trey Young, mm-hmm. but um, just based off of leadership, and that's going to be a theme that uh, I'm going to lean on going forward. Mm-hmm. I got to go with John Morant. I like it. What about you, Mitch? So first of all, shout out to John, man. He's from the crib, South Carolina, man. Yeah. Shout, shout out to John, man. So this is the thing. So this is the thing that worries me about John, like, because the way he's playing right now, like he's playing like at an MVP level, right? Mm-hmm. he plays so much over the rim that's the thing that concerns me like over the next five years like we see in our history like people that you know were over the rim you look at Derrick Rose you look at Penny Hardaway Steve Francis like these are players where it was really good at one point and then like they had a hard time adjusting like yeah. how they play their game now I do think John Morant has a capability of changing but that's why I gotta go with Trey I gotta go with Trey because I know the way he plays below the rim, like that's gonna that's gonna carry for ten years. Like that's, yeah. I know I got that. Now, job might last longer, but I know consistently I'm gonna have a trade. Let me, the, let me tell you why I struggled with this more than, well, not more than all of them, but why I struggle with this. I agree everything that you said, uh, Mitch, about John Brand. They've been killing uh, Colin Cowherd because he was like, he compared John Morant to the Derrick Roses, to the Russell Westbrooks, to the John Walls. Yeah. Um, and of course, people are killing him because, of course, recent. But that is a fear of mine. That is a fear of mine because, I mean, at this right now, I think he's shooting 34% from the three point line. 
and that's of course better than his last two years but what happens when your athleticism goes or what happens when which i don't wish that upon anybody but injuries start piling up as we saw hell john wall can't get on a team right now now a lot of that is of course with houston but john wall can get on team hell we see what's going on with russell westbrook right now because he never developed a shot now he, if he does develop a shot, then that is John Morant, then of course it should be a no brainer, but here's why it was a lot harder for me for Trey young. And Mike, I think you can agree. If Trey young's not scoring, he don't do nothing. <laughs> Trey, Trey young don't really pass the ball that much, which I think of course he's still young and that's going to come with development. Um, but Trey young Trey Young is is the ultimate. His offense dictates his entire game. Um. So, but 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 I will say this: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm leaning towards what you said about Ja, um, Mike, that leadership. I'm. I look at Memphis kind of like how I looked at, or how I was looking at Cincinnati this year, Cincinnati Bengals. They don't know what they don't know. I mean, you have a young team. You have Jaron Jackson Jr. You have uh, Desmond Baines going crazy. Dylan Brooks ain't even playing. And this team is fighting for the second spot in in the West. And like you said uh, earlier, Mitch, that the, the East is a lot better than the West. And Steph is, what, 33, 34 right now. Bronze, 37, 38. It's like things are going to change. And... I am leaning more Ja due to the leadership. So I'm, I'm kind of with you, Mike. Yes, Trey Young has, to me, Trey Young has better offensive intangibles. But when we talk about the totality of the game and, of course, the leadership and maybe defense, while Ja's not the best defender, he gives you more energy on the defense than, than Trey does. And they're both, you know, kind of small. But I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Ja. I'm going to go with Ja just because of leadership. However, I do have the fears that you have, Mitch, as far as what happens if it, if his shot doesn't develop. In I got the same fear too. So and and, and and for Trey, it's like, are you Trey Young? Doesn't seem like at least right now, it doesn't seem like he has to develop something else. Like, does he have to develop maybe a, a point? A, facilitating mindset does he have to develop well he ain't gonna be no defender we just know that that's just the way the league's going that's not happening so it's like I don't know if Trey especially with the people that he's playing with I don't know if Trey is going to be be able to grow more than Ja could so I'm gonna go with Ja um the next one is to, it was probably my hardest one uh and that is Luca or Giannis uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with you, Mitch. How how, how you looking at it? Luca, Giannis, man. I, I gotta go with Giannis, man. Like Giannis, in my opinion, is the best player in the league. Like I know he's not. Like people gonna say KD because KD got the snatch and the, and the dribble and the three and all that. But when you talk about dominance, like he's the modern day Shaq. Like mm. you talk about the last few years, Defense Player of the Year, two MVPs. And he's not, he's in his prime. Like he has, he has like 10 years left. And you know, what's crazy is like, he's going to be able to play center when he gets older. Like he's going to be able to. So um, with Luca, man, Luca is like a, uh, 
he's like today's stat machine. Like he's really good. Don't get me wrong. Luca is really, really good. But when you talk about just dominance, man, like Giannis, man, I, I gotta go with Giannis. But you, Mike. Uh, I gotta go back to my theme of leadership, and um, like we've seen, we've seen Luca butt heads with um, former head coach Rick Carlisle. I've seen Luca bump heads with Porzingis, even though Porzingis has definitely fallen from grace. Um, but one play I wanted to mention particularly happened a couple of years ago. Uh, this is when Seth Curry was on the Mavericks and um, he had shot a three and Luca had looked at him like, what are you doing? And he didn't get back on defense. I think this was in the playoffs against the Clippers and the Clippers scored on the other end. I remember that too. It's not leadership. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's not leadership. You know what I'm saying? I look at Giannis. He's gotten better. And I, Luca's gotten better every year too. But you look at Giannis, like just you know, you 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 know the story. Look at his That's grind. Fair. You know what I'm saying? Look at his grind. You know, look at um, you know, he's a humble superstar. You just look at the finals. He was mm. absolutely dominant, and they went down 2-0 in that finals. He was absolutely dominant. That's that's true leadership to me. And um, you know, he doesn't have you know the greatest coach and Mike Budenholzer and stuff like that. And you know, even the supporting cast isn't amazing. Like we we all eye roll at Chris Middleton. I mean, come on, let's just face it. We all do that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, like I said, I, I, I hate to bank just just go back to one thing, but leadership that really matters over, you know, the totality of a career. And you know, I think Luca's great. I think he's amazing, you know, stat machine, you know, he's 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 a beast, you know what I'm saying? But leadership, you know, MVP, defensive player of the year as well. I gotta rock with Giannis. It's, it's no it's no shade toward Luca, but yeah, I'm I'm rolling with Giannis for sure. And and I agree with both of you guys. I, I think Luca benefits and thrives. Luca kind of reminds me, and I know it's kind of weird to think, but Luna Luca kind of reminds me of Russell Westbrook. I think that he they he benefits playing as the solo star. I think that he benefits playing as he is the one that it's all on his shoulders. Um and what we've seen is we've seen a, a Giannis, as 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 has been stated, Giannis looks completely different from his rookie year. And every year, Giannis has had to improve on something, and he has improved on it. And I think playing alongside of Chris Middleton has helped Giannis uh, because I mean, hell, Chris Middleton is their go-to person as far as like getting a, a shot at the end of the game. Playing alongside Drew Holiday has helped him. Playing alongside, uh, hell, George Hill, even though he can't make free throws, uh, playing alongside George Hill has helped him. I think that Luca, to me, Luca, at least so far. Now, of course, I'm not saying that uh, you know Seth Curry is a superstar. I'm not saying that Porzingis is a superstar, but playing by himself hell we even saw the other night with with the lakers uh when, when they played the lakers luca like he 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 his body i was talking about lebron's body language luca body language if he feels like he gets fouled and don't call it oh my gosh no i think that's of course uh you know a foreign thing as well but i just to me Giannis, Giannis has what he's done in this league so far and his improvement already has to me i don't the only question that we have of Giannis's game, of course, is his shooting. But there's nothing that 
I've seen to make me think that he's not going to improve that. Seeing as though the Giannis that we're seeing now compared to the Giannis that we're seeing that we saw his rookie year is completely different. So, yeah, but I think I we, we all got to agree with Giannis. You got something, Mitch? Yeah, like so, like with Giannis, man, I feel like also him too. Like he just has a tenacity. Like you can just like you can plug him in on any team, but if you put Luke on a team, it's like he gets the ball. Like he, like that's why his stat, his stats are gonna be so crazy. Just the way the game is played. Like you shoot a hundred threes, like he's gonna get ten rebounds. Like he's gonna get ten assists because he has the ball every play. Like he's gonna score because he shoots. So like that's what I look at. Yeah, I'm, and I know Giannis is also gonna play hard. True. Yeah, so, and, and and Giannis is gonna give you more than just offense. Clearly. Yeah. yeah uh, and, yeah. and Luca still does not. So. The next one kind of mm. the next one, it's it's crazy how a year a year changes a lot of things. So the next one we have is Zion Williamson or Ben Simmons. Both number one overall picks, both currently not playing. Uh both for clearly different reasons. But um I'm gonna start with you, Mike. What do you, who who oof. out of Zion or Ben Simmons, who would you choose? <laughs> You see my reaction, though. <laughs> I can't even use leadership on this one. <laughs> I can't even use that. Uh, oh, it's tough, man. Um, first, I want to say I'm a Duke fan, and I wasn't I wasn't in love with Zion like the media was. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know. I mean, he's undersized. Um, his body, and we're seeing it now. His body. Yeah. Um, he's overweight and stuff like that. And then, you know, you look at Ben Simmons. Um, I don't know what I'm going to get from him mentally. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm a literally, I'm a literally, at, oh my God. He can't By the shoot. way, why hasn't Ben Simmons played yet? Like, that, I wanted to see, <laughs> before you keep going, Mike, I wanted, I wanted to say that. I wanted to say, bro, yo. The reason why I was told, we were told, that Ben Simmons is not playing is because of mental reasons. And he's been, like, mental reasons with Philly. They said he needed a new new landing spot. He needed a new environment, which he has, and he's still not playing. To me, that's the biggest – I was one of those – Brooklyn clearly won the trade. I mean, you get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, you get Andre Drummond. Yeah, but now I'm looking like, hold on, bro. Why? Where the hell is the marquee piece of this trade? Why is he still blinged up on the sideline? With I know why Kevin Durant's not playing. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why Ben Simmons not playing. But move. They said lower backs on this, but I'm calling BS on that. So what? Are, what are you sore from? He ain't done nothing. Yeah. So it's just like. <laughs> He's been sitting down. I guess you understand it. What, what did Russell say the other day? I, I'm not used to sitting down so long, so my, my back hurts. But but I don't think you gave your answer, uh, Mike. I didn't because I don't know if I can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't – it, it's too hard, bro. You got one guy that's not playing – I mean, I don't want to, you know, scoff at mental health or nothing like that because that's serious. You know what I'm saying? But – is he mentally tough though? That's something you can question and you can say no to that. But then I got another guy who 
who can't stay in shape. So what's know. worse to y'all? Seriously, yeah. I, I I just before, before I say a person, what's worse to y'all? Somebody that's not mentally tough or somebody that can't stay in shape? Because if you're not if you're not if you can't stay in shape, you'll never be on you'll never be available. But if you're not mentally tough in certain situations, you're gonna crumble, and we saw that already. So I don't know which one is worse. What you yeah, think? in this situation, I feel like it's picking your poison and which yeah, one is exactly what it one is. is not gonna kill me as fast. Like <laughs> so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Ben, man. The reason why yeah, yeah. Listen though, the reason why is because Ben's always gonna be able to pass. Like that's that's gonna always like now Zion, I don't know if he's ever, you know, him being in shape or his his, you know, if you got foot injuries, man, at this age, this early, that's not good, man. Like he's he's been in the league for three years and he's played how how many games? No, I think I saw a stat the other or today that he has had five sur- foot uh, lower body surgery since coming to the league. No, that's insane, man. That is insane. So like yeah, that's why I gotta go with Ben now. Listen with Ben, man. I don't understand. This is why I don't understand. Like, with like today's NBA, man, it just seems like people find any reason to sit up. Like with Ben, man, it just like you look at Harden's plan, Seth's play, um, uh, uh, you got the other players from the trade that played, um, Drummond's played. So, like, come on, man, get out there for 15, 18 minutes. Like, you know, yeah, do something. If they want to say he's not in, in basketball shape, well, have him play 15, 20 minutes a game. Have him play eight minutes the first time and then keep revving it up. Like, you know you know how not to get in basketball shape? Not to play. So, <laughs> but I I agree with, with your question, I guess, uh, Mike, as far I'm as... I'm still going with Ben, though, because, like... Like Miss said, he can pass, and I also know he's an elite defender. Yeah, uh, it's it's, and I, I agree with both of you. Say it's pick your poison. Um, it's hard for me to to wrap my arms around somebody that has clearly shown that he he's yo. <laughs> how much? How do I say this without being so insensitive? And I'm a big dude, bro, but I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to be in shape. Yo, Zion, uh, and the thing is, Zion got bigger. I understand New Orleans got some big, good food, but Zion got bigger since coming to the league, bro. And at least I've seen Ben Simmons. I mean, he was what? The runner-up for defensive player of the year last year. Um he can still pass and maybe that mental health thing can change seeing as though he's not the number one or two option yeah. now with KD and Kyrie. Uh, and of course, see what happens moving forward. If you pair him alongside like a, a bona fide score and you don't make him a point guard, cause that's if you're, you know, no, uh, I'm gonna go with Ben, which is crazy. Cause <laughs> like, like, like you, you're a Duke fan. Like you said, Mike, you heard all all we heard was Zion's the next coming and yeah. you see him dunking on little white kids in, in, in high school and and then to get to this point where I don't even know I'm not gonna say he's not gonna be in the league in the next five years, but I don't even know if like I don't even know if he's gonna play enough because like yeah, he's already a freak athlete. 
So it's like you can't you can't be a freak athlete and not have the body to sustain that. It's kind of like it's kind of like why and, and this is kind of a bigger point, but it's kind of like why five star athletes kind of struggle with going to HBCUs. It's like you it's, it's hard to they don't a lot of HBCUs don't have the resources to hold a five star athlete. You can't have all that athleticism, all that explosion and be 325 like. I can't be, I can be 325 because I'm not jumping out the gym, but you can't. So I'm going to go with Ben. I'm you know what's crazy though? Like, like I'm going to play devil's advocate. Like Zion averaged 27 points on over 60% shooting last year. Like that is insane. Like and he, well, how tall is he? Like six, seven? Six, seven. Six, six, six and a half. He must six, the same, same height as Drake. But like, that's the problem. Like, he, I don't know when he's going to play. That's true. The next one is kind of the contrast of two players, but it's pretty much pick your point. Well, pick what you agree with or what you want. And that is Anthony Edwards and Cade Cunningham. Now, one of them is a lot more athletic, i.e. Anthony Edwards. One of them, maybe because he's playing for an organization where he has to, but he kind of does a little bit more. So uh, I'll add... I'll ask you, Mike, who would you choose between Anthony Edwards and Kate Cunningham? Yeah, I think this one is it's more personal preference than anything. Um, because I think they'll both be really good. Um, but I'm gonna go with Anthony Edwards. Um, yeah, he's super athletic, but he can also um, you know, shoot off the dribble and he can shoot threes and stuff like that. He's pretty, pretty exceptional. I know Jay, you thought he should have won rookie of the year mm-hmm. last year. Um, I was I was I was thinking it should have been co-rookie of the year. Um, but you know, whatever, because you know, one dominated early in the season, one dominated on the later end. Yeah. But you know, whatever, man. But I think I and I like Kate. Um, but I just gotta go with Ant Man. I just prefer I don't know, his I just prefer his game more, you know what I'm saying? So I that's why I'm gonna go with Anthony Edwards. What you meant? Yeah, I, I agree, man. I gotta go with Mike on that. I gotta go with Ant. You know what like with K first of all, Detroit is awful. And like he's <laughs> He's averaging 16 points on the guy off. Like that team is awful, man. Like I, I, I couldn't watch that team for for more than two minutes. Like, mm. but they are force feeding him for a reason. Like they, they spent, you know, they got the pick on him. Like they want to see what he can do. So I don't blame him. But you look at Ant Man. He's averaging over 20 points on a team that has, you know, one of the best power forwards in the league, and and uh, D'Lo. So like. He's sharing the touches with people that's been there, and he's still coming out with 20 points. So, you know, I, I got to go with Ann on that. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Um, and, and what you said, Mitch, definitely resonates with me. You're playing on a bad team and putting up pedestrian numbers. And the, your next best player, well, you're not the – you're the second best player because uh, I think Jeremy Grant's probably their best player. But they need more from you. And to me, and he even had this in college. What was it, Oklahoma State? He has this nonchalant yeah. attitude, in my opinion, school. And it's just like, bro, <laughs> hold on. Like, you kind of saw it with the All-Star game. Now, I know it's the – or the All-Star weekend. You, I know it's All-Star, but it's just like, I just need more. Like, I, I just I just want you to know. I want to know that you care. And it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't seem that way. So the next one I have was a lot harder than I thought when I initially – set this up um and i'm gonna start with you mitch uh the next one i have is Lamelo ball or uh sga shea gilders alexander 
Who do you who would you take in the next five years? So shout out to Melo, man. He's from uh Charlotte, so I'm at from the crib where well, he at the crib right now. So uh, I'm gonna take Melo, man. He has more impact on winning. Like he uh like he completely changed. I can speak for uh, you know, just witnessing like he completely changed the culture here in Charlotte, man. Like you could just tell it's a different energy, like you just tell. Um, even something different from what Kemba had when he was here. Um uh, with SGA, man, he's really good. But again, it's like he's it's none one of those players is putting up, you know, 20 points on horrible teams. Like Thunder are horrible, man. Like, so I mean he's good, but it's he's not really impacting winning. So um mellow. And he's gonna sell tickets. So if you want somebody that's gonna, you know, carry a franchise, man, you gotta sell tickets. Gotcha. What about you, Mike? Yeah, um, I'm again it's another bias thing, but I, I love I love me some Lamelo, man. He's also three years younger than Shay, so he's only, he's only twenty years old, bro. Look what he's doing. So, just a mat like five years, twenty five. Is that even his prime yet? You know what I'm saying? So look at what we're getting now. Um, I like Shay, but like Miss Say, he's putting up, and I don't want to do like I mean he's putting up numbers, but like I mean he's on the Thunder, and I, I mean he kind of has to, man. So this is a real bad team, you know. I don't think that. I don't know when the Thunder are going to be good again, to be totally honest with you. Uh, but And I also like what Miss said, too, man. LaMelo, he sells tickets, too. You already know he's – he he was already more famous than a lot – than some NBA All-Stars before he even came. Like, he's more famous than, like, a Kyle Lowry or something. Like, he, he just has that that buzz. You know what I'm saying? He got that – he just has that, that aura. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's exciting. You know what I'm saying? And Shea's good. He's nice. But, you know, LaMelo, he just – it's just a different energy, like Miss said. So I, I got to go with Lamelo, and like I said, he's only twenty years old. So uh, sky's really the limit. I think yeah. <laughs> I think mm, damn, y'all changed my mind. This is really not that hard, man. Like, I'm gonna tell is- you why I I made it hard, and I'm gonna tell you why I originally were gonna choose Shay, because I feel first and foremost, I feel you get more from Shea as far as maybe a little defense you get uh I think he's a little more athletic than than LaMelo um but one thing I did not factor in was how different uh Charlotte looks with LaMelo off the floor and when they do with him on now yes Oklahoma City is a terrible team uh but to me you still have, which I don't know how the hell he improved so much. We still have Lou Dort. You still have, you know, Baisley or whatever his name is. Um, Shout out Josh Giddy too. Josh Giddy. Uh, and I, I don't think Shea, Shea makes them better. I think they're a good player. I just don't think they make them better. To me, LaMelo Ball, if you want to see the, the, the effect LaMelo Ball has, just look at Miles Bridges. Uh, just look at what Plumley still has a job. And this man shooting the worst field goal percentage, even worse than Shaq did. Um, or not field goal, free throw. I, I'm going to go with LaMelo. Now I think about it, it's not that hard. It's I think I was just thinking a little too much. But but Shea, shout out to Shea. Shea is a good player. And Shea, he, to me, he he he's a lot better than I thought he would be when I, when I saw him play in Kentucky. Like, I thought he was going to be good. I just didn't think he was going to be this good. Like, I think an argument can be had, is he better than maybe, I don't know, De'Aaron Fox or whatever? 
or in the next five years. But I will say LaMelo Balls, you guys have definitely changed my mind because I was I would definitely say though, SGA, like he won the drip award. Like he like he he can dress. I, I give him that. If you want to go at outfits, man, I, I got SGA all day. Logan LaMelo. When that man had the, the lime green jump with the cars. <laughs> so all right. I don't so like LaMelo's like style. Hey, he has that uh I, I ain't worn nothing but uh, BBB my whole life, so now it's it's time to, it's time to branch out. Um, this one, the next one we're gonna do, uh, is really a, a preference of what you want. Uh, these are two completely different players, but both have a huge impact on each other's teams. Um, and that is Evan Mobley or Tyrese Halliburton. I'm gonna start this one. Uh. When I when I when I look at Evan Mobley, it's kind of hard not to see an old Chris Bosh. Uh, from his dribble ability to his defense to his shooting. Well, of course, he, to me, he can't shoot better than Raptors Chris Bosh. But Evan Mobley has grown a lot more than I expect him to, uh, especially in his rookie year. He's to me, he was good in USC, but he wasn't this good, and. I don't know if it's because he's playing alongside Darius Garland. I don't or or Jared Allen, but Tyrese Halliburton cold too, and I didn't expect him to be this good when he was playing in college. But I'm gonna go with Evan Mobley. I just feel like he can do more and he can impact the game more than Tyrese Halliburton. I think Tyrese can. You look up and he had oh shit is that forty point game, and but. Evan Mobley can have a 20 with four or five blocks. I'm like, damn, like he, he's, I mean, he's more than likely going to win rookie of the year. So uh, I'm going to go with Evan Mobley on this one. Uh, what say you, Mitch? Man, this is tough, man. It's probably one of the, the toughest ones just because of the, the opposite styles that they have. But uh, you, you, if you're looking at upside, like you got to go with Mobley, man. He's seven feet. You know, he's he 200 soaking wet, but he's seven feet. Like, he's just learning how to play, really. Like, he's on a good team, too. Halliburton, I, Halliburton reminds me of Jalen Brunson. Like, really serviceable, can pass, you know, like, does everything that a coach, like a coach's pet, right? Like, he does everything right, but the ceiling is in there. So, I got to go with Mobley, man. Like he's a, like he's a, he's going to be a beast. If, if he keeps that, like uh, that motor going, mm -hmm. he'll be a beast. Is that you, Mike? Yeah. yeah, this, this one is tough. This is, I'm not going to lie. This is probably one of the harder ones for real. Um, I kind of just want to go with the opposite for real. And, and it's no knock on Evan Mobley. Cause I think like he's super nice. Like he's nice, but in a guard driven league, I think I think I want to have a guard and um, Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, I, I like them on the Kings, but I mean, the, let's just face it: the Kings are a poverty franchise. They suck. You know what I'm saying? They're horrible. <laughs> like, like I, I know he's kind of like he's kind of like bursting on the scene to like I guess more of a casual NBA fan because he was on the, he was on the Kings and I mean he's still on the the Pacers. Like the Pacers aren't even good. So, mm -hmm. um, but I mean he's a big guard. You know he's about six five. Um, he can pass, he can score, he can rebound. He does a lot of different things. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to go with him. I'm also trying to be a little different than y'all. But, I mean, I, I like Evan Mobley, though. He, he's Evan Mobley's super nice. I, I totally agree with what Jay said, you know, about the Chris Bross comparison. Like, he's, like, super nice. But, I mean, he also plays on a team um, with, you know, they had two All-Stars this year, too. Mm -hmm. So, 
I mean, but I, but I think Evan Mobley is still going to be nice. So I, don't get me wrong. I I have that was that was one of the tougher ones for me due to the fact that they're so different and also Tyrese Halliburton again the Kings sucked and the Kings sucked when he was there but one thing that was prevalent is how important he was to that Kings team and how even with a De'Aaron Fox even with (laughs) a Harrison Barnes Tyrese Halliburton was emerging as their best player um and I think so. I think even though, of course, we can say De'Aaron Fox. We can say De'Aaron Fox, but the thing is, the thing that I, my biggest gripe with De'Aaron Fox, bro, is he looks, in my opinion, he looks like the same exact player he did when he came into the league. Like now, I don't, I don't know about player development in Sacramento clearly, but he, it just, it just looks like he, he does. To me, he hasn't really improved. I know, like he's, he's a big. You know, anytime free uh, trades and and stuff comes around, his name's always up there. But I just don't see improvement from from De'Aaron. For De'Aaron Fox, looks like the same De'Aaron Fox I was putting up fifty in high school. It's just like okay, like uh, like his his if you, even if you look at his numbers, I think his scoring has improved a little bit, but the percentages and everything is like pretty much the same as every year. And I think Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, hell, you saw the whole organization from the fans and everything went crazy when they realized he was traded um so i i do believe that he was emerging as their most important player uh but yeah i, I i'll choose evan mobley um i think the uh i think the kings would have chose uh halliburton too if they but they couldn't move his contract they couldn't move darren fox contract they got stuck so like I think that's the reason. If they made the same thing, like they would, uh, they would take a Halliburton one thousand percent. Hell, there's a reason why. Again, and I just said there's a reason why every time trade deadline comes around, every time you hear it with the Lakers or something, De'Aaron Fox's name always comes up, and because it's like what that what the Kings really wanted to do, as we know, was get off Marvin Bagley. That just wasn't working. Uh, but they knew that was nobody taking Marvin Bagley because everyone knows he. Nobody, hell, his 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 family made it known he don't want to be there. So it's like you got to throw in something, and I I guess Tyrese was the was the fall. So last one I'm gonna do, and to me this is this is a lot easier than I thought it would be for me at least. Uh, and I'll start off, and that is Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic. Um, to me both front runner MVPs at this point. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if you said. Joel Embiid was a front runner. I'll say Nikola Jokic. Um, I'll, I'm going with Jokic in the next five years. Uh, I see the imprint and the impact that Jokic has on the game outside of scoring. Now, that's no disrespect to uh, Joel Embiid because he's argue he's the most dominant big man in the league right now, and it's not even close. Uh, and now being alongside James Harden kind of just unlocks something in him that he he hasn't had seeing as you know floor spacing and everything but when I look at Nikola Jokic and I see one what he's played with this entire year or lack of you know he's missing his number one offensive guy in Jamal Murray he's missing pretty much number two offensive guy in uh Michael Porter Jr and he's still putting up better numbers that he did last year which was his MVP year uh 
and again, from his, to me, I, and, and I get a lot of flack for this, but to me, I think he's arguably the most skilled big the league has ever seen. And this, and, and that's even, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon, everything. I just think the imprint and the impact that he has in this game, we have not seen damn near ever from his, his guard ability to his scoring ability to his defense. So I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic, even though I love, and, and Joel Embiid's injury history kind of scares me as well. Uh, the fact that he's already had a couple of lower leg injuries or lower extremity injuries um, kind of scares me, especially with how big he is. Um, so I am going to go with Nikola Jokic. Uh, what say you, Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm going to also agree with you. Um, yeah, we've, we're, like, we're looking at what Jokic is doing and like he got different dudes around him, you know what I'm saying? So like, you don't really got another, you know, top level guy around him. And like you said, he, his numbers are better than last year, which was his MVP year. Also, I don't really want to echo the same exact things, but I mean, I kind of have to, but he's also more durable. Um, they're, they're both the same age, but when we look at Joel Embiid, he came into the league hurt. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It, it was a while before he That's got- why he was not number one. Yeah, it was it was a while before he got onto the court. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm looking at the most games he's ever played. The most games he's ever played was 64. Now this year he'll probably he'll I think he'll surpass that. Um, but his his durability is a major concern for me over the next five years because I mean, you know, as you as you get older, you heal you heal a lot slower. Mm-hmm. And um Jokic has, you know, been truly durable and I just, I think he has more of an impact on the game. I mean, I, I know what Joel Embiid is doing is amazing. You know, he's been super duper dominant, but Jokic can do so many different things. And I like the way he's able to control pace and stuff like that. So I'm going to go with Jokic, but, you know, no knock on Joel Embiid. He's a great player. But, I mean, over the next five years, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're discussing. I want the more durable player, and I think they're both on the same level now. So just go in and give me the more durable guy. What you miss? Yeah, I I got agree, but I'm gonna go with MB. I'm gonna play devil's advocate because um, first of all, I think MB is the MVP this year. Um, just given the situation, like I think Jokic is a very skilled, and I look. You can argue MB is is you know it's more skilled than Jokic. Maybe Jokic is a better passer. But I see Embiid do some things that, like, somebody his size are not supposed to do, like like being able to handle step-back threes, you know, the whole thing. And defensively, man, he's way better defensively, like um, Embiid is. So um, his dominance, man, his and, – and it just depends, too, how long he's going to play with Harden. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't know what Jokic team is going to look like in five years or, or in two or three years even. But if the Sixers can pull this or keep this thing together with Harden, man, he's going to be getting lobs. He's going to be getting fed the ball, like, way easier than he's ever gotten. So I'm going to go with Embiid because I, I just don't know what Jokic is. Uh, he's going to put the numbers. He's going to get the assists. Like, he, he's going he's gonna to get numbers. Mm-hmm. It's 2022. Like, you're going to – the pace is crazy. He's going to get numbers. But just dominance, I got to roll with Embiid. Okay. Well, I have a topic. Uh, I didn't. I didn't brief you guys. I didn't send this to you, but I have a topic. Recently, 
there's a report come out. I don't know if it's true or not, but a report has come out saying that the Lakers and Russell Westbrook have mutual interest in parting ways this offseason. I can already tell as a Lakers fan like that. I mean, that's probably music to you guys' ears. <laughs> but one thing that I do want to um, I do want to ask you guys is how do you gauge success? And I and I and I ask that because looking at what what Russell Westbrook's career has been after you know KD and after James Harden, would you would you say from the talent that he has, would you say that he had a successful career? If the last time that we saw him being you know the triple double king, and last time we saw his pretty much peak, to me he he's he his peak is over with. Not saying he's a bad player, but where we have not seen the best. I mean, we've seen the best Russell Westbrook already. Do you would you say that he's had a successful career if he goes down? Of course, he's going to be a Hall of Famer um, and everything, but if he goes down as just being known as the the triple double king would you say that he still had a successful career and i know this is a long ass question but i only ask that because and of course he's not on the same level but when we talk about lebron they always are saying oh well you know the lakers are are whatever games below 500 is this gonna is this gonna uh dent his legacy or kd you know going to golden state dented his legacy or james harden now being on his what third team in two in two seasons is gonna is, is his legacy you don't really ever hear that about russell westbrook and is that because his legacy is all he does is you know stat pad but he's not that good of a player or or what so i ask you guys whoever wants to take the floor can do you think that at, when it's all said and done we're going to look at russell westbrook and think that was a successful career i want to hear mike's answer on this since since uh we're both laker fans i want to hear his his react his his uh, answer yeah um so i think first of all it's it's kind of a personal question it's all about how you view success um and how Russell Westbrook probably viewed, he probably views that, you know, he had a successful career. He probably views, you know, look at his life, look at his upbringing, where, he, you know, the environment he grew up in and to become what he became. I really think it's about, I really, like for you guys, I really think it's, you know, what do you, what do you value? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you view championships as successful? Um, you know, do you view numbers as successful? Like, I mean, he's had a, he's had a great career. Um, you know, the triple doubles, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to go back and forth with the, you know, stat padding thing, but let's put this into perspective. There's a whole YouTube video on people saying that that triple double record would never be touched. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's literally like, it's like LeBron on there, Magic Johnson, Gary Payton, they're all saying like, oh, it's never going to be broken. Yeah. But yet it was broken. Yeah. We saw history being made, you know, I mean, when you look at them now, obviously, you know, all right, four teams on four years, in four years, you know, he's the problem. But, I mean, I think he had a spectacular career, um, you know, and it probably won't pan out the way he wants, you know, getting a championship and stuff like that, unless he agrees to accept a lesser role. And I think we all disagree that he probably won't do that because of, you know, his ego and personality. But, I mean, I would say he had a successful career. I mean, if you're just going based off the stats, you know, he won a league MVP. Mm. Um, 
I mean, he did play in the finals. You know, that was way that was ten years ago, but he did play in the finals. Um, he did play in some big games and stuff like that. Um, but I, I mean, if you if you view championships as you know successful, okay, cool. But I mean, we had a lot of great players that didn't win championships. You know, the Charles Barkleys, um, the John Stocktons, the Carl Malones. Jalen, your favorite player, Allen Iverson, never won a championship. Um, so, and we, you know, he's an icon. You know what I'm saying? So. It's, it just depends on how you look at it. I mean, I would still say he had a pretty successful career. Obviously, a championship is what you play for, but that doesn't necessarily equal success. You know what I'm saying? You, we're in a league with some great players. Everybody can't win a championship. Look at those yeah. guys in the 90s. They were going up against Michael Jordan. Like, it's just not in the cards. You know, it's not, it's, it can't be in the cards for everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's impossible. You know what I'm saying? So, I would say he had a successful career just because we've seen so many great players play in the league and not win a championship. And I named a good amount of players, you know, some great players, iconic players that never won rings. So I would say he had a successful career. It may not go the way he wanted it to go, but I think his career was still successful. And before you answer, Mitch, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I guess kind of push back, not saying that you're wrong. Uh, Cause you know, we you you you, na- you threw out a couple people uh, a, a couple people's names and of course to me it's it, like like you said it's hard to to gauge someone's success on championship because if that's the case then Charles Barkley would not be a Hall of Famer nobody would give two craps about Allen Iverson you know but I think that there are players that their legacy, like Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson's legacy is is not, no, he never won a championship. No, he changed the way that we saw basketball as far as fashion, as far as, you know, pop culture, as far as everything. He's a, he's a, he's a you know, trailblazer and stuff for that. The only reason why I ask this is because you talked about Charles Barkley. You talked about Allen Iverson. You talked about, you know, T-Mac and everything. One thing that am I now, of course, I wasn't old enough to I wasn't there when Charles Barkley was doing his thing. But one thing that I don't think happened with Charles Barkley that I'm seeing with Russell Westbrook is the amount of criticism that he's received since since KD left. It's starting to go around that you you can't win with Russell Westbrook on your team. Now I know towards the later latter half because I'm I mean I, I have a whole Allen Iverson tattoo but I'm 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 honest with it. At the the latter half of Allen Iverson's career was like well he can't really you know if he's on your team you're not winning. However, he already had that cultural background like wait that's Allen Iverson though like he took a team that yeah. had freaking uh old washed up to give him a tumble to the finals. And the the biggest reason and the biggest pushback that I have is. Now, when you hear Russell Westbrook's name, you don't think, oh, shit, it's Russell Westbrook. You're not winning no championship with that. And I think that's the difference. That's why I asked that question. Yeah. Because the, the, the I, play... I, I, I'm going to let you finish, but I definitely wanted to add something, too. Because the play style that you're seeing and the reputation that you're starting to get. Now, of course, the upbringing and, of course, coming from nothing to, you know, that, that of course, always if you make it to the league, you're successful. Like, that's, that's just how it is. Yeah. But I'm just saying... Russell Westbrook, his name is starting to be synonymous with a player you can't win with. And that is why I ask, do you think that, hell, Russell Westbrook is from California. 
So you would think, oh, we got Russell Westbrook, California kid, grew up apparently liking the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, you would think, all right, boom, Russell Westbrook. But no, they're about to, they're mutually agreeing to go different. This would be like, it didn't work in OKC after Kevin Durant. Now, of course, how is it going to work with after Kevin Durant? That's Kevin Durant. Then it didn't work with James Harden. This is what I want to jump in. This is where I want to jump in. Mm-hmm. So I, I true, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from about the Allen Iverson cultural thing. I, I understand that. But when we talk about post Kevin Durant, and granted, you know, he ran KD out of town. Mm-hmm. But did we really believe that he was going to win a championship with the Rockets, and that's Mike D'Antoni style? Seriously. No, I, I don't. I don't think. And 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 I'm. I promise you, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get to you, Mitch. I don't <laughs> think. I don't think we're going. We're we're asking and we're wondering if he's gonna win a championship. I think that of course you have LeBron James in the freaking league. You have Steph Curry in the league. Yeah, it's like of course Giannis now. I don't. I don't think anyone expects him to win a championship, and I don't think that's what we're going to gauge his success. What I think is. Could we win with that person? Maybe not win a championship, but could we build a team around that person, a successful team? And of course, some people might gauge success as championship, but when you have some killers in the league like you have, I don't expect, you know, it's hard for me to see some of the young players ever win a championship when you have, you know, Giannis in the league, KD, Steph. But John Wall. John Wall played damn near the same way Russell Westbrook did, but we never had the, oh, you can't win without with John Wall. It's like, I don't, I, I don't gaze John, Russell Westbrook as, all right, well, couldn't win a championship with him. I mean, hell, Damian Lillard might go down as a top 10 point guard of all time. He more than likely ain't never winning the championship. But we look at Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard differently. We don't think, all right, well, you can't win with Dame. Hell, we we're trying to free Dane. When you look at Westbrook, like God damn, we got Westbrook. Hell, they they y'all. The Lakers are going to have the toughest time in 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 NBA history trying to get off that contract, especially after Russell Westbrook is more than likely going to and more than likely he's going to accept the player option. So when I say success, I'm not gauging championship. I'm gauging Russell Westbrook is now looked at a player that you cannot win with. And when I say when he doesn't, he, he also looks like a, he's had, he has the stigma that he's a player that is not going to advance the franchise. And when I say advance, I'm not saying championship. I'm saying people do not want him on the team. Yeah. So Mitch, do you hold think. Up, hold up. Oh, I, fault, I, fault, I, I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying. That probably will be what his legacy is. All I was asking was when he was on the Rockets, did we really think that they were going to win a championship? And I'm not even going to ask you when he went to the Wizards, did we think they were going to win a championship or be overly successful? Because the answer is already no. It's an obvious question. So this year is the only chance where you, this year is like probably one of the only years from a while ago where you could say, okay, there were championship expectations because we didn't have those expectations when he was on the, the Wizards or the Rockets with James Harden with that style of play when they had P.J. Tucker at center. So, so this this is where I got this where I got pushed. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, but I was saying I agree that his legacy probably is gonna be you can't win with this player. But I'm just saying, like, up until this year and when he had KD, did we really believe that like there were championship expectations with the team he was on? I don't. And, 
and I promise you, this is the last thing I'm going to say, Mitch, before I go to you. I don't think that the expectation was win a championship, but I do think the expectation was it would be a better fit than a one-year stay for Houston, than a one-year stay yeah, with... I agree. I said he was on four teams in four years. That's and, and I think that a lot of the reason for that is him. So At some point, when you're on four teams in four years, you're the problem. <laughs> like, that's it. So how you feel, man? Yeah, so like I think I think with Jalen's a little I gotta side with Jalen on this because uh it's not about winning a championship, it's about getting the most out of that situation. So like if you look at Chris Paul, remember Chris Paul went to OKC, they thought they were gonna be a lottery team. Like it's no, no they, way they thought he was gonna demand a buyout. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, demand a buyout, all this other stuff. And here comes Chris Paul averaging 17 points, nine assists, and then taking the Rockets, those same Rockets, to game seven. Like, there's no way. I don't care what system. There's no way they should win the game seven with that Rockets team. They had a chance right? to win. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when you look at when you look at those things and then you look at him at, at Washington, I mean, they weren't going to win a title, but they could have been more competitive in the first round. Um, so, I think Westbrook, man – to answer your question, man, like, yeah, he's successful, especially when you talk about coming from where he came from, like, he's, he's successful, you know, he can feed his family, he has a, you know, um, you know, his sponsorships and things like that, he gives back to the community, things like that, man, so he can really go home and really, you know, sleep well, you know, so, but inside the lines, though, man, I think that he's going to be remembered as, um, and this is this is the curse of being playing in this NBA is social media. Like, I feel like if social media was around when AI was playing, and he didn't get it done, and then the next year he didn't get it done, and then he got traded to Denver. Like, they would have been in him. Like, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, they would have been on Stockman's case for for losing two straight years. You know what I'm saying? So, I do think Westbrook is cursed. Uh, and living in social media now, I think they're giving him way too much, like way too much blame, man. He's not playing great, but he's not like he's. I me personally, I think Anthony Davis is like the reason why. Like I, I put a lot of blame on Anthony Davis, but Westbrook, man, he's uh he is who he is, man. And by the way, Jalen, I think it's gonna be easier than you think getting rid of that contract because guess what? Guess what? He has how, how much is he? How much is it a year? Is it 40? I think it's like 44, 45. Or and he has a year left, right? Yeah. So a team, a bad team can trade for that. And guess what? 45, 44 is coming off the books. Oh and they can get whoever they want in a year. So like uh, I think Westbrook is successful, man. It just depends on how you look at it. Yeah. yeah. I can I just think. And, and, and I didn't really factor that in, Mitch. That was good about social media. I think maybe if Charles Barkley was in the social media era, uh, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, you know, they may be viewed differently. Even Jordan. Different. Think about he Jordan his first few years. Like, he he getting- didn't win. He only won. In fact, I like, I think his first nine years or so, he, didn't, yeah. he won one playoff game, not a series, a game until Pippen came. So, that makes sense. I just, I just, it, it, what, what, what frustrates me, and and I'm not gonna say frustrates me because I don't care. What I worry about is when when we look at Russell Westbrook, there's there's reasons why we love Charles Barkley. 
There's reasons that on the court. There's reasons why we love Allen Iverson, the reason why we love T-Mac, one of the most killers, even though they didn't win championship. And one of those reasons is, well, I just I just don't want Russell Westbrook's legacy to start being hell of a talent, but he was a team killer. He was a he was a black hole when he gets the ball. You know, it's that's something that, you know, Allen Iverson probably had in like the Detroit days. But outside of that, he didn't really have that. Tracy McGrady didn't have that because he didn't play with nobody except what Anthony Parker. Like it's it it's I don't know, man. Um do you feel like do y'all feel like the triple double is overrated now, like because Russ did it, or do you just feel like it's just overrated in general? How how y'all feel about the triple doubles? As now I'm not Russell Westbrook, nor do I play in the NBA, but as a person that played basketball and you play basketball as well, Mitch, you know how hard it is to get a guy to a triple double. That's like, but but I will say this. Um when, once you do it, uh, which which is unfair, but once you start doing it as regularly as as people are doing it this league, like Jokic and like Nicole, uh, what's his name? Uh Luka Doncic, we talked about. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Once you, there's they're they're freak athletes. You know what I mean? Like only them can do what they're doing. That's when you have to start. All right. So what are those triple doubles amounting to? Like are they amounting to wins? Are they? Amounting- My dad always said those are those triple doubles are, are meaningless. Because it's yep. like you can have a James Harden was putting up fifty point triple doubles. However, the the Rockets were winning because of, you know, it was a balanced team until they got to Golden State in the playoffs and, and Chris Paul's hamstring. Uh, but Russell Westbrook was put, I remember the, the, the play they play on YouTube all the time against the Nuggets when he was wearing the orange OKC jersey. And it was like, he made history all. I'm like, bro, that year, I think they only won one game in the playoffs. Uh, so it's like, I don't think it's overrated, but I do think that there has to be something to it. Like, okay, are you winning? Like, what's what's happening? Are you, are you the fit? Like, do <laughs> you know how easy? I'm not gonna say easy. Russell Westbrook was putting out triple doubles with the Wizards, and we made what is it? we we squeaked by the playing, and got and I went to these games. We got destroyed by Philly. So in the playoffs, so I mean, them triple doubles did what? Got them to the Lakers. So they're cool. But it's just like, uh, I mean, I think it's, I think it is overrated, man. Like, it is a good accomplishment. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but if you look at the pace of play now, like teams are shooting 20 more threes than they did like 25 years ago. So that was a longer rebounds. Who's getting longer rebounds? Guards. Like, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Wait, and now it's so much. A, it's too. You said what? What'd you say? It was leads to easier transition points. So let's say Russ getting the rebound. He's throwing that down court a dunk. You know what I'm saying? And this is another thing, too. Like, it's such a, a high pick and roll heavy offense. Like, everybody runs high pick and roll offense. So, mm-hmm. you got cor- you got shooters in the corner. You got a diver. So, you're going to fall in a six assists. Exactly. All every play. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, that's – it ain't easy, but I think it's easier than it was, like, 20 years ago. Again, I want to thank my man, Mitch. I want to thank Mike Curry, the host of the Curry in the Pop podcast. Mitch, he's the owner of Black Heaven uh, Hats. Again, I will leave all the descriptions below. I appreciate them for coming on. And that's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, long sleeve sweater, 
uh, joggers. The link in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. I mean, if you watch the visuals, you see I have a different color or different design shirt or, or sweater or hoodie every episode. So go get your own popular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Go follow all of Mike's socials. Go follow all of Mitch's socials. Go follow uh, the Curry in the Pot socials and definitely support them. Uh, and until next time, much love. Yeah, running up the back end, ay. I know you be thinking I be capping, but sometimes you be too much a distraction, babe. No matter how I got it, if the bag's been, baby. Running up the back end, ay. I know you be thinking I be capping, but sometimes you be too much a distraction, babe. No matter how I got it, if the bag's been, baby. Wait, what's that? I thought I had a bumpy, said something. Guess not. All these chicken hands talk when I pop out on the scene. When temptation keep calling my phone. I'm supposed to write all of my wrongs The DJ keep playing all of my songs They let me out of town, make it hard to come home I think you get it, but you don't know what it took I've been getting to it, but the money overlooked Sometimes, like a library, I've been overcooked Jugging out London, half a hundred for a hook I'm deep in the na-na Deeper in love every time we fuck I'm deep in the na-na Need you to know that I still be thinking about you when I'm Running up the back end, ay. I know you be thinking I be capping, but sometimes you be too much a distraction, babe. No matter how I got it, if the bag's been, baby. Running up the back end, ay. I know you be thinking I be capping, but sometimes you be too much a distraction, babe. No matter how I got it, if the bag's been, baby. Wait, what's that? I thought I had a bump, you said something. Guess not. All these chicken hands talk when I pop out on the scene. Back against the wall, she throw it back on my freestyle bras. Under all these neon lights in the club, bouncing out the ice like a disco ball. Oh my gosh, you gon' make me throw it all up. Body shaking like an old school Coca Cola bottle. Christian Dior mixed with the powder, risking it all. I'm deep in the na deep in the na deeper in love every time we fuck. I'm deep in the na need you to know that I still be thinking about you when I'm. Running up the back end, ay. I know you be thinking I be capping, but sometimes you be too much a distraction, babe. No matter how I got it, if the bag's been, baby. Running up the back end, ay. I know you be thinking I be capping, but sometimes you be too much a distraction, babe. No matter how I got it, if the bag's been, baby. Wait. I thought I had a broke bitch, said something. Guess not, ay. All these chicken hands fuck when I pop out on the scene.